Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. Our CR team is thrilled to be broadcasting this weekend's Division I Men's National Team Indoor Championships in Chicago. It's 16 of the best Division I Men's College Tennis Team in the country, all assembling in one location, competing for the right to be named National Indoor Champion. Of course, our CR team will have coverage from first ball to last of of the event. You can find that coverage starting 9 a.m. Central Time on Friday over on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. That said, of course, we also know it's our job here at CR to help preview all of the upcoming action for all of you college tennis fans. We already offered our extensive thoughts on each of the round of 16 battles over on our Great Shot podcast feed, but here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed, what I will attempt to do here on Thursday is speak with all 16 head coaches prior to the start of play at the National Indoor Championships tomorrow. These conversations probably going to range from about 10 to 15 minutes, and they'll cover all sorts of topics, the strengths of each of these rosters, what each of these coaches are thinking heading into this 2023 National Indoor Championship. Who do they feel the favorite in the field is at this point of the year? We talk about all of those things and so much more. Again, really excited excited to have the opportunity to be here in Chicago. Always a pleasure to have the chance to sit down with these coaches. It's that much more enjoyable when we have that opportunity to do it in person. So again, what I will try to do over the next 24 hours, speak with all 16 head coaches prior to the start of the 2023 Division I Men's National Indoor Championships. With all of that said, let's get to it. Here's my conversation with another one of the many amazing Division I men's college tennis coaches. Hey, crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code CRACK20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information one location with our friends at Swing Vision. The 
Joining us on the podcast once again today is a man who can only be described at this point as a returning champion here on our Cracked Racket shows, a man you know best as the head coach of the USC men's tennis team. Welcome back onto the show, Coach Brett Macy. Coach, how are you doing today? Good, Alex. How are you, man? It is always a pleasure to be here. It's always a pleasure to be joined by you, particularly because, as you'll remember, the very first men's national indoor championship I called. Do you remember who won that title? (laughs) Uh, vaguely. Yeah, vaguely. <laughs> of course, it was the USC Trojans who knocked out Michigan down a doubles point in five first sets. Still one of the better comebacks. I actually think the biggest comeback I've ever seen in my tennis broadcasting career. And look, to be back at this event, I know you guys are the 10 seeds here this year. Probably not. Uh, seven seeds, excuse seven me. Seed. Not the 10 seeds. In the 7-10 matchup. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not where you expect it to be. That said, one loss coming into this national indoor event. How are you feeling about your roster? Oh, things are great right now. I mean, guys have played some really good tennis. Um, you know, we went to Orlando a couple weeks back and beat really, you know, two strong teams in Georgia and Florida on the road. Uh, more in their, I would say, their environment, uh, traveling, traveling across the country. So, you know, I was super proud of our guys' efforts there, uh, losing the doubles point and coming back and winning. But, you know, I'm fortunate to win, lose that match against Michigan, but also, you know, you guys mentioned in your podcast earlier in the mm-hmm. uh, winter that, uh, you know, we have a testy schedule <laughs> and I wanted to, that was our first true test, like on the road in a, on a road, you know, on a, a, a first, I would say a way match mm-hmm. and, you know, playing in a feisty Michigan environment and, you know, we came up a little short, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, but it's all good if our guys can learn from it. I can remember four years ago or three years ago, we lost to a feisty Ohio State team and things worked out pretty well. Did you guys beat Kentucky, then lose to Ohio State on that road trip? Because I, I literally, as you said, I was like, if memory serves me correct, I think they played two matches that time. We did play two matches, but the first match we played on a Sunday, we played at Ohio State. Yeah. Then we flew to Wisconsin. We played Wisconsin That's on Tuesday. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 I mean, again... Uh, you're seeing <laughs> echoes from history past with the schedule you made this year, and we haven't had the chance to chat about that. But to your point, Stanford, uh, not Stanford, excuse me, Georgia, Florida, Michigan, kickoff weekend, all before this national indoor event. The obvious question is why? Um, I just felt our team was was up for it, and I, uh, we needed to get those matches, you know, for our schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a great conference in the Pac-12, but you know, it's we need to get those other ranked wins to keep us in that final eight. Sure. And the, one of the main goals for, you know, for the year is we want to be hosting that round of 16, not on the road. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we can win some of those matches, that will keep us there mm-hmm. throughout the year. And that's, you know, we'd rather be hosting around a 16 than playing on the road <laughs> in the final sure. 16 so we can get to the final eight. No doubt about that. And having gotten to spend some time at the Marks Tennis Center, slowest courts I've ever had to experience, like gritty, high bouncing. I literally came off and being like, all right, you're not good enough anymore to play on these courts. Like, I get why you have to be USC Trojan good to be there. And, you know, to your point, you thought your team was ready. This is a very experienced team. I know you have some new faces that you have brought over, but I'm curious for you and Year one, two. Is this your fourth year on the job yeah. now? Already, it's already yeah. been four years. That went crazy. That went very quick. I'm curious what it's like for you to coach this group. Does it feel like it's a more experienced group? Have you been able to? I don't know. Scale back, scale up is the right word. But how have you approached uh, coaching this group early? Yeah, I mean, look, I've had you know a couple guys now, two, three or four years. Steph yeah. and Brad, this is my fourth year with them. Low, this is my third year. The other guys, two years, only a couple guys. You know they're they're you know they're fresh and new, mm-hmm. so we're implementing 
we have the system that's growing and then just plugging in the pieces along with it. So yeah, the, the guys are actually starting to grasp the idea of the culture and that we had going when we won it in 2020 mm -hmm. and, you know, unfortunately everything shut down, but mm -hmm. you know, that, that kind of derailed the process there. And I think we're finally starting to head in that direction again. Mm -hmm. And to that point, uh, obviously, you look at this group, a lot of good faces, a lot of names for us to discuss. We've had the Steph discussion so many times, so we're going to put that to the side for a second. I want to talk about your sophomores, and in sure. particular, the two that I will forever have confused in my head, and that's, of course, Peter Mock and Wojtek Merrick in particular. And we'll get to Kobe in a second. But those two, and let's start with Peter. He was really good last year, just like yeah. quietly like 13-5, 14-5, you know, winning about 75% of his matches. And yet, when I watch him play this season, I think it's just assertiveness. Like, I just think he's a little bit more decisive early on. And obviously, he's had a really successful start at that number two position. What did you see from him this fall that had you think, you know what, he's ready to step up into that spot? Um, well, he had a really good regionals. Sure. You know, he lost a tough couple matches there in Georgia. It didn't have a great, you know, event there. But he, I think he just, I think he struggled with, in the fall, sometimes we learn from our failures, right? Sure. And and he did that. And I think he saw that he wasn't putting the, the time that he needed to to be the guy that he was supposed to. Mm -hmm. And now he's doing that. Mm -hmm. And he's made a complete 180 from the time November hit to the time this January hit. Yeah. And I think that's really, like, he's starting to believe what we believed all along, that he actually is a... Yeah. beast yeah. of a human and he needs to go play like that and he he's starting to show it out on the court that's exactly what it is there's just like something clearly clicked where he's like oh <laughs> i am this good <laughs> like and it, yeah. it, it, you can almost see it in his eyes with with his performance just the willingness to go for the shot similarly with Woj. I don't know if anything's different about his game, like between this year and last season. It seems pretty similar, and yet again, success-wise, maybe it's just year two navigating the no ad format. It feels like he's clicked as well. Yeah, you know, like you've been around it enough. Coming in January is tough on guys, That's and true. he definitely, yeah. you know, him and Ryan both came in in January, mm -hmm. and I would say Ryan succeeded a lot quicker than he did in that aspect. But he also got to a month and a half in, he breaks his wrist, <laughs> and he's out for six weeks, and. So you have to start all over again. And it can get a little, you know, depressing. You're away from home. You're not in your environment. And, you know, so you got to play, like, two more matches, three more matches at the end of the year once we played NCAAs. And then he went home and, again, same thing. Didn't, I think, get what he wanted out of his tennis that he was putting in. And then as time went on and we started having a few more conversations, just like Peter's like, I was 620 in the world once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew how this works. I I actually can do this, and he's starting to act like and be that guy. That guy. Mm -hmm. And I again, it's just it's all personality. A lot of times, like you walk around like you're six foot five, or you walk <laughs> around like you're five foot nine. Yeah. You know, but I walk around like I'm five foot nine, but I also have a little chip on my shoulder, yeah. so it works works at my advantage. Yeah, I walk around like I'm six seven, and I have the posture of a six, you know, a six seven person who's six two. Uh, so it's always the shoulders are slumped, as you know. But you know, obviously we focus on Peter and Woj there to start, but Ludwig, Ryan, 
Rubel in a pinch, Carl Lee. I'm, I know I'm missing a name there, and obviously we haven't even discussed the elephant in the room that is Lerner Tien, but the point is you have options yep. throughout the course of your lineup. How willing will you be to explore those options throughout the course of the year versus knowing, hey, we got a hard schedule, and I'm trying to win matches. Like, yeah. Do you feel pretty firmly set in your six, or will you continue to play around? I, I think it's going to be – I mean, you remember three years ago when sure. we won in 2020 – like we needed guys. Guys got sick. Guys were hurt, banged up, whatever. And we were plugging guys in different spots every match, and we we were able to win. I think that's the, you know, you guys talking about on your podcast all the time having that depth, mm-hmm. having a guy that can play at six when he's seven, eight, nine in the roster, and you don't skip a beat, or you lose your three guy and everybody moves up one, and you can mm-hmm. still play at a high level. Like that's what we're gonna be able to have to do maybe this week, mm-hmm. over the course of hopefully four days, and that's what we're gonna have to do for the course of the next three months. Mm-hmm. And these guys is if we can get everybody enough repetitions so that that if we can plan for the worst and you know if everything works out great, we can be all together at at the end, at the end in May, then that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But I mean, look, guys are gonna compete and guys are gonna earn their spot, and I think that's the healthiest thing, which makes it tough for me, mm-hmm. but it's awesome is the fact that I have options and it makes for some tough conversations to have Mm -hmm. amongst our staff to the players. But, you know, like at the end of the day, if these guys are a unit and these guys are together, then they'll go out there and, you know, everybody will just be like, yeah, you and go blue. Yeah, as we sure. hear of our Yeah, exactly. Right now. You can hear them through the window. That's exactly the <laughs> We'll chemistry. say go Trojans, though. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> our, or we are, and then you'll get we the are. SCs. And then, yeah, come on, I'm a veteran of this process. Speaking of healthy, by the way, three-year anniversary of Brandon Holt giving everyone COVID. So <laughs> something we all remember. Fo- we can joke about it now, yeah, right? Because we, <laughs> we know he was patient zero when it comes to college tennis. But you talk about those tough conversations you have to have, you and your staff with the team. Obviously, the big news, Rich Bonfiglio goes over to Penn. You replace him with former Trojan standout Eric Johnson. Talk to me about that process. Why EJ was the right guy for you? What you've seen from him in his first month on the job? I think the biggest thing when I when I was talking to Eric about it was just getting back to the Trojan way okay. that you know was maybe missing on our squad. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, obviously a long history and a long tradition at USC. And he was a part of two national championship teams. Mm-hmm. Got to play under Stevie Johnson, under Peter Smith as his head coach. He knows how this process works. He knows what it means to play in a quarterfinal round, mm-hmm. a semifinal round, a championship match. Mm-hmm. Not many other assistant coaches out there can say that. Mm-hmm. Not many pl- assistant coaches that actually played can say that. Um, you know, probably on three or four finger, you know, mm-hmm. you could put that. But so I think. He just knows the environment and what it takes. And so if guys aren't doing it, I said, look, if you're going to be here, this is what I expect of you to do. And he's doing that. He's mm-hmm. not going to let the guys slip. He's not going to – he can remember when they won it in 2012 and what it took. Then in 13, they didn't win it. But then they won it in 2014 mm-hmm. when they won it again, mm-hmm. which was just a surprise to a lot of people, I think. And then in 2015 – we, he loses it again and when they had a pretty good team still. He knows the ebbs and flows of both of those types of rosters and what worked and what did not. Mm-hmm. So I think that was actually really valuable to me. Mm-hmm. That and he was, I mean, he's a Trojan through and through. Yeah, no. <laughs> screams he, LA. Yes, he screams it. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to your point, that 2014 run, he doesn't beat Justin Shane. They're not beating UVA in the semifinals. That's still one. It's funny. 20, 2014 me is getting pissed off just thinking I'm like God that was 
thievery from Eric Johnson. And like, I mean, Yana Conifin with the forehand cross-court passing shot. Do we have to relitigate the 2014 semifinal? Yeah, that was that, a big yeah one. exactly. By the way, that UCLA team. Yeah. Giron's two. Mackey's three. Brimer with two ACLs is four. Clay Thompson's playing one. They don't win an NCAA championship. That's one of the great what ifs in <laughs> college tennis history. But yeah, uh, to your point, obviously, you got a roster that is experienced, that uh, you know, you've seen battle together, even if not that frequently here this season to that end. I'm curious, every team comes to Chicago to win a national championship, but what in particular do you want to see from your group over the course of the next three or four days? I want them to just show the rest of the country what USC is about this year. Mm -hmm. And I want to see what the rest of the country has for us. I mean, that's to me, that's the biggest thing Mm -hmm. because it's great to win something here, you know, and we just want to measure ourselves to where we're going to be the rest of the year. Mm -hmm. If we don't win it, okay, like we'll go back and we'll, you know, reshift some things and we got to see how we need to move forward for March, April Mm -hmm. to get to May. Um, you know, it's not the end all be all. Obviously we want to do that. Like that's our number one goal, obviously being here, but we've got to, you know, see what, you know, we got to see what Michigan had. We got to experience that. We're going to see what North Carolina has. Like what, what are these schools in the top 15, 20 in the country all have that maybe we don't aren't showing right now, or maybe we are. And how do we, uh, how do we go about that the rest of the year? Mm-hmm. It's fascinating. Well, one thing, unfortunately, you guys have yet to show is freshman Leonard Tien. And I'm not going to ask you all about that, but more broadly, I know he's been around the team. He's been around campus. Talk to me about what it means to bring him into your program. And again, just having him at practice, having him around what that's been like. He's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he's enjoying himself. You can see him just really like he's part of a family and a part of a team that he I don't think he's ever had. Obviously, it's been him and his dad or him and his small group. Mm-hmm. And to be on the road and have six, seven guys, eight guys with him and three coaches and a trainer. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, he's sitting there joking, laughing. <laughs> you know, if you saw our Instagram account, him and Bradley took a little heart shaped, <laughs> yeah. you know, thing on Instagram last night of their pizza. And I mean, he's just, he's enjoying the whole thing, like the college process. And, you know, at the same time, he's bringing his, you know, what he's brought or what he's bringing his knowledge to us as well about what it takes to to be out there and play at the level that he has. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's great to work with him. He's very coachable. And, I mean, he's he's just a joy to have out with us right now. Biggest serve on the team? Biggest serve on our team? Is it him? No, it's Steph. Yeah, it's Steph. That's what I was going to ask. It's like, here's the thing. Learner They're hit- going to get me in trouble, though. Well, it, no, could but- be a, it, it depends on the day. But well, Steph, he- Wojtek, Peter all have pretty yeah. big serves. Well, here's the thing. Like, Lerner hit, what was it, 137 at the U.S. Open or something crazy like that? It was like 144, but we're going to yeah, have to well, fact that, that was, the gun was working. It was juice, right? That's like the, <laughs> have you ever, you know, court one at the Atkins Tennis Center in yeah. Illinois? Like, where it's like, yeah, right, that was 132 miles <laughs> per hour. It's like, it's one of those guns. I will say it moves the most of anybody's okay. on the team. I think on the, can just hook. Yeah. Kind of like a uh, J.J. Wolf T-serve a little bit. All right. So that's what we'll look for. There's your scouting report, folks. Be on the lookout (laughs) for that from Lerner Tied. But no, last two questions because I know you got to rock and roll. Uh, Looking at this field, we've talked about the depth, the parity in college tennis. You feel like there's a clear-cut favorite entering this national indoors? Man, there's a lot of great teams. I mean, look, Ohio State's have it. You know, they're always tough in the indoor season as well. Um, You know, they've got an awesome squad, and they're doing it without Cannon right now in the lineup. I mean, TCU, again, has a, a great roster that's adding, you know, JPJ. Um, you know, I, I know I'm going to miss, you know, some teams in their Michigan. We just played a heck of a Michigan team, you know, the other night. And, you know, Kentucky's playing well. And they, even with, you know, um, mm-hmm. Diallo out. Mm-hmm. So I just, 
I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite. I think definitely there's some teams that are favorable because they're used to maybe the indoor style. But four days, you never know what can happen. And, uh, you know, some teams start to catch fire, and hopefully the Trojans are in there with them. But uh, we're, we're uh, excited for the battle. You've been on both ends of the polar opposites, right? 2020, uh, the best. Don't even Tw- start. Yeah, I won't even say that number then. I won't even say Jeez the number that's coming yeah. next. But you've seen we it all. We still had the four or three advantage, yeah. I guess, if you, <laughs> if you average it out. <laughs> exactly. Win. You'll take the win, right? You're like, yeah. you know what? If we have to do 21 to get experience 20 again, I'm in. But yeah, I'll, I'll get 5-4 down in the breaker, two serves on Will Blumberg's racket, and how that doubles point go. It went to the way of the Trojans. So that's one I'll never forget. But my last question to you on that note of parody uh looking across college tennis right now uh obviously you have guys like such as ben shelton jj wolf and over the years you know stevie johnson even more notably of course who have gone on to have pro successes right away and you know on the women's side danielle collins and jennifer brady have gone on to slam finals well right now we have an active top 100 player in diana schneider in the college tennis ranks and obviously learners had pro success there are plenty of players with pro success i'm curious what you think that says about college tennis where the game is what it means to the game to have someone of diana schneider's caliber in the sport this year they were exciting product that mm-hmm. we're something that is there for all these young, you know, players that are coming up in 17, 18 years old that maybe aren't ready for the full grind of a mm-hmm. 12-month season on your own. They can some kid here feel more confident about themselves, maybe develop, get stronger, get fitter. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I think it's awesome. I can say maybe that someone. Even like Sam Query, you sure. go back, who maybe started off at 17, 18 years old on Pro mm-hmm. Tour. If he would have waited a year and then started at age 20, how much better he might have felt going mm-hmm. into it. So I I think, look, this is we've got an awesome thing going. Obviously, we're riding the wave of someone like Ben that just finishes college tennis and is out there top 50 in the world now. But you got J.J. Wolf, like you said, that's top 50 in the world. you got guys like Mackie, you got, you got Giron, you know, Stevie and John have done their thing to kind of at the beginning of this, now you got the younger guys starting to, you know, lift them, you know, take over the reins for them. And I mean, look, I, I think it was just showing that we got a hell of a product and we've got to just got to keep showing it off. What I just heard there is that you tried to recruit Sam Queer and it didn't work. That's what I just heard. Sam Queer committed to us. Really? He was, he was committed. He was a Trojan. For he just, so the story goes. <laughs> this is great. This so, story end. goes is that Sam committed to come to USC. He was not going to take a scholarship okay. because he knew that in May he had to make a decision if he was going to go pro or not. Mm-hmm. The parents said, "Look, well, first year we won't take a scholarship. The next year, if he decides to stay, we'd obviously would want a full yeah. ride." Yeah. So we said, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> yeah. <And laughs> sure. So we shook hands on it and we agreed because they didn't want to take away from we, someone else. Someone else, if we had to have it. Mm-hmm. But he was a Trojan. He committed. Would he been a been a part of Farah's class? He would not have. We Case's senior year, so he would have been a freshman. Case Van Hoff in two thousand eight. He. W- so oh. he would have been on a team where yeah he would have actually been yeah. on Farah's team. That's. Well, it would have been a pretty good team. Yeah, now I'm seeing all the dominoes connect. Yeah, I mean, look, Tommy Paul was committed to Georgia until yeah. he was, and we see it all the time. But exactly. yeah, that's that's going to be a fun one, and you know, much like that, certainly it's going to be a fun one this weekend. So, Coach, I always appreciate you taking the time to chat. Good luck to you and the Trojans. And yes, now it's a habit, so fight on. Fight of on, of course, as always. I appreciate it, Coach. Thanks, Alex.